Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mike Sielski, Glenn Macknow. It is a rainy Saturday in the Delaware Valley. One of the great uh, pleasures we get is when we get to talk to this man, the legend, the skip, World Series champion, Charlie Manuel is with us. Charlie, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you doing? I'm hey, Glenn, but we're both good. We're both great, great, Charlie. Charlie. Oh, okay. Can't see you, man. <laughs> I know. I I, I appreciate no, that. I, uh, I'm totally yeah. Uh, so Charlie is involved in a terrific charitable effort. Mike, why don't you uh, sure. set this up? So Charlie is collaborating with Hog Island Press on a series of T-shirts called Charlie Knows Best, and what the T-shirts do are kind of highlight Charlie's love of and perspectives on hitting. There's five different kind of t-shirt concepts. And the cool part about this is that $5 from every purchase of one of these shirts benefits RIP Medical Debt, which is a nonprofit that works to strengthen communities by abolishing medical debt. And uh, every $100 donated from to RIP Medical Debt relieves $10,000 worth of someone's medical debt, wow. and that's that's pretty amazing, and it's great that Charlie's involved with this, and it's great to have him on the show. It is, and by the way, uh, those T-shirts, Charlie's T-shirts, will be uh, on sale available this coming Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30 at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport. It's the holiday sports gift extravaganza with all kinds of great stuff. Mike's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Ray's going to be there. Uh, Mike, why don't you lead off? Oh, by the way, let me just say this. Uh, I want to tell our listeners, because of the role that Charlie plays with the Phillies now, it would be improper for us to ask him questions about the roster and free agency in the like. So we're going to move in a different direction. All right, Mike, you go ahead. Yeah, so Charlie, we're, we're a bit removed, obviously, from the Phillies' run to the World Series. And I think it's safe to say that as, ta- as talented as that team was, that run was surprising. And they were not the best team in the National League during the regular season. And then they got hot at the, at the right time, similar to what happened in 2008 with your team. You've been involved in baseball for a long time. I'm curious your thoughts on that sort of thing happening more and more in baseball, the idea of the hot team getting to the World Series or even winning the World Series, as opposed to the quote-unquote best team during the regular season. You've seen both sides of it. Is there is there one that you like better? Is it is it better to have a team come out of nowhere? It seems to happen more often recently or is it was it better back in the day when one team won the national league and one team won the american league and the the best of the regular season faced each other 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think what the Phillies did was uh, fantastic, and I understand exactly what happened for them. And, uh, you know, like, uh, I always felt like uh, the Phillies, you know, like they – for the last two years, they've tried a lot of players, you know, like, in, uh, and I, you know, I, I can't uh, go and uh, tell you all the players that they've tried, but all of a sudden, you know, like they make the managers change and they start, and they start uh, playing the, the, uh, their younger players who were, who had a lot of energy and they had a lot of life to them and things like that. We had these, and then we have all these veteran players over here who we signed, you know, like our star, superstar players and things, and they kind of mesh together good, and they kind of grew together. And that's what actually when the season starts in spring training, and that's what baseball is all about, really. You want to come out of the uh, spring training healthy, but also ready to play and feel like that you've uh, – and when I say ready to play, that means uh, have you had enough at bat? Have your pitchers uh, thrown enough innings and pitchers and things like that? And are they healthy and whatever? And then, you know, when the season starts and you see uh, and you start uh, trying guys and all of a sudden uh, you, you kind of hit on a combination that you like and the energy level jumps up. And I think it, uh, that's one of the things that Robbie Thompson did real good for our club when we uh, uh, put him in the manager's role. I think it, uh, the players, you know, like got, got more relaxed and everything and they started having fun playing. And as the season went on, they kept improving. And at All-Star break, I think the moves that Dave Dubowski made, you know, like definitely uh, played a part in uh, us getting in and, and uh, you know, like having the talent to stay there. And, and, and at the end, although in September, I've heard people say that, you know, like at, uh, you know, like how good a baseball we were playing. Actually, before we, the playoffs started, I, I felt like the last couple of weeks, you know, like uh, we were playing okay, but we weren't playing great baseball. But I looked up and seen who was in there, St. Louis and Atlanta and uh, the teams that were in there. And I thought to myself, yeah, as far as looking at them, uh, what I knew, I felt like that we uh, had uh, a better team than St. Louis. And mm-hmm. I, feel, I felt like we had a chance, uh, definitely a chance to win. Then I looked at when we got to the Braves and I look at the Braves and I, if you go back and look at their hitting and their pitching, and mostly, you know, like we were very, very close. Both teams are really close. I mean, they were in the hitting in, in, in our league and also I think in the major leagues, we were right back to back with each other. And I uh, figured that was close. I think that they had a little bit more athleticism than we have. But at the same time, you know, uh, I, I always felt like that we could win. And uh, then, then when I, we got in and then I, when I saw – uh, San Diego play. I felt like doing a, a series that we definitely had a better team than San Diego. And then when, when we got to the World Series, I felt like the first three games that we were doing really good. And I was looking for that great pitching that I heard from Houston. And all of a sudden, you know, like yeah. after the guy threw, the- <laughs> <laughs> and it's, then it showed up, right? Yeah, hey, exactly. Um- all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, the guy threw the no hitter, and all of a sudden, their bullpen showed up and their starters. Yeah, you know, like that, uh, you, you know, uh, prove to me what people were talking about. Really. Hey, and then had a big season, really. We know. Yeah. Oh, it was great. So off of that, just a little bit. We talked about you, t- you mentioned their pitching last year in Major League Baseball. Batting average and OPS were like at all time lows. Um, offense just kind of disappeared. We'll talk about rule changes maybe during this conversation. But how come nobody can hit anymore? Is it? Is it the all-or-nothing approach the batters are taking, or is it more in the quality of pitching these days? You get these 
monsters, these kids coming out of the bullpen throwing 99 miles an hour. Why is hitting right. dis- I asked the hitting coach, the great hitting guru, why is hitting disappeared? I think it, uh, when I look at it and I watch hitting nowadays, I think of everybody, almost every hitting coach in baseball and, and all the analytics people and everything like that, everybody has, has their own opinion about hitting and everybody knows, thinks they are hitting coach and things like that. And when I watch a guy in the World Series throw the no hitter, I can sit there and I, you know, and I can be talking with guys up there who's been around just as long as I have. And when somebody's throwing velocity and they're throwing a the ball up and it's getting above the hands, you can strike the guy out. And every now and then a guy will hit a home run, and that even gets him in more trouble because he absolutely just got very lucky hitting that ball. And a good a good example of that, Glenn, and I won't. Uh, get on it too much, but that Soto, the guy that plays for uh, uh, that, pl- that, that plays for uh, San Diego now, was in Washington two mm-hmm. years ago uh, on MLB. They flashed this this uh, uh, these numbers up to show him uh, taking 175 fastballs up above his hand, and of course he had great uh, results. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if you if, if once the ball. Once, that's what velocity's been. It's been that way forever and ever and ever since I've been in the game. Now you got to keep you. You've got to hit straight through the high ball. You can't, and especially when it's high velocity, the pitcher will supply the power. All you got to do is stay strong in, in your uh, uh, in your legs and your in your approach, and be quick with your hands and let the barrel of the bat meet the ball and let the rest happen. And that's and the, you know, like a good example is that. Uh, I forget that one year was in Cincinnati, and uh, I, I think we swept them that year. And Hamels was pitching a shutout that night, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and they bought Chapman in the game. And Hamels asked uh, Hamels asked me, he said, "How do I hit this guy?" <laughs> and I looked over at him, and I said, "I said, what do you mean how you hit him?" I said, "Look, you just get you just get kind of planted, stay stay a little strong in your legs, but nice and easy up, and and just try to meet the baseball. Just let him supply the power." And Hamels drove the left fielder all the way back to the left center field fence and caught it right at the, kind of at the top of the wall. And Hamels was more excited about hitting the ball like that than he was throwing the shutout. <laughs> so, Charlie, and, <laughs> Charlie, just to, to kind of build on that, the rules are going to change next season. Shifting is going away. I, I've talked to people right. in Major League Baseball who, who mentioned that part of the reason that hitters swing for the fences is that well, if I hit a line drive to right field, the, the shortstop or the second baseman is going to be standing out there in short right field and catch the ball. So I'm better off trying to hit the ball over his head and over the fence. Do you think that taking away the shift will, in time, change hitters' approaches at all? Uh, and we will see more balls put in play. We will see more doubles and triples. Is, is this going to help? You know what? Uh, uh, going to help? Uh, it could. But at the same time, too, I look at it this way: I am uh, if if, uh, if baseball wants to do away with a shift, uh, that's that's okay with me. I mean, I'm all, I'm all right with that in a way. But at the same time, those guys that are pulling those baseballs and things like that, they still going to be hitting them 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 uh, ground balls that they rolled over on and things like that, and 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 they will set up the, a defense that can handle that. I've seen the Yankees. Uh, when we when I was over in Cleveland, have all these big hitting teams, and they used to wire us out first to third as far as fun, fundamentally playing the game and hit, hitting a hole over at first base. And then finally, when I became a manager in the major leagues, 
I started shifting. I, I just bought my second baseman over father toward the, uh, and, and, and actually was just making sure that we got one. And most of the time we threw the second base, but, but at the same time, we even started, uh, still turning double plays hmm. and things like that. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's the philosophy of the game and how people want to play. And I, uh, I think that, uh, when, uh, the balls that Ryan Howard used to pull a lot and people would complain oh, about yeah. them, they were, they were sinking fastballs down and away or out away from him and he rolled over on them, hit on top of them. And I think that the, the hitters trying to pull the baseball, they will always do that. I think that we're going to see, and I'm not saying that, hey, we could see, see a big difference, especially on some guys that can really handle bat. But as far as in general, I say, I say if it helps, uh, hitters, that's fine, but I'm kind of lurious to see how much it's going to help. All right. Charlie Manuel is our guest. Sense? It does. Yeah, Charlie. that makes sense. Yeah. Charlie, yeah. I, I hope it's more than that. I really hope it has an impact because I, I, I miss doubles and triples and stolen bases right. in defense. I'm, I'm getting right. weary of game that's all right. strikeouts and walks and homers. So I, I hope it means more than that. Charlie Manuel is our guest. Right. Not that I need to say that. I think people know it. Charlie, several guys who you managed during your time here are now on the Hall of Fame ballot. Last year's voting, Jimmy Rollins got just under 10%. Bobby Abreu got just under 9%. They're back on the ballot. Um, do they deserve more consideration? You know Abreu's impressive career stats, and obviously you know what Rollins meant to this team during its great yeah. years. Just ask you to observe on those two. Yeah, I think we definitely uh, – uh, uh, they need more consideration. I think it uh, – when you look at uh, who they are, I think we're starting to get away from the offensive uh, Hall of Fame is what uh, people talk about more in, in guys' career than how good the player actually really was. And I think it, when I think of Jimmy Rollins, I think of a guy that that uh, he was our cutoff guy. He's the guy that went out on both sides of the field, you know, like in, uh, you know, like in uh, handled the cutoff throws because he had strong arm and accurate. He was very good at that, and uh, no one ever used to talk about that. His range at shortstop was very good, and uh, he was, and he could run the bases. And not only that, you know, like I know uh, people would uh, be uh, kind of disheartened about some of the three-one fastballs that he flew, uh, hitting high in the air in the center field, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, too, when I think about him and you look at his uh, what he uh, accumulated. As far as stats and stuff in the leadoff hole, I think he definitely goes there. I, 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 I really, I think Jimmy Rollins is a very talented guy, and he had a great career. I think his career really gets overlooked sometimes. Chase Utley, Chase Utley, uh, I think if you grade him out over analytics, grades him out, I think he's in because uh, what they're big on, you know, like Utley's stats, you know, like. Definitely stands out in that. If if, if I'm right, and, and, you know, like yeah, he's he's on the ballot on next year. Utley's on right. the ballot next year. Abreu is on the ballot this year. I know he he was traded right. during your time here, but you managed him. Does he does right. he deserve more right. consideration? Bobby Abreu, I think he should be. Uh, I think they should take really uh, interest in Bobby because the the way the way that they pick the Hall of Fame players nowadays. I think if Bobby Abreu, he stands out too. He had a big career and he was very consistent every year. And I think that he definitely, and, and, but, but not only that, Glenn, Bobby Abreu was, uh, you know, like whether we want to say it or not, Bobby Abreu was, was, he was a better than an average outfielder and he, mm. and he also had a, had a strong arm, you know, 
and he was a good ball player. I mean, he was he was a, he was an elite. He was a star player in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, you got one more? Yeah, no, it's interesting, yeah. Charlie, hearing you talk about these players. Whenever I think of the Hall of Fame, I always um, see it as a debate sometimes between guys who had very long careers, uh, who maybe accumulated a lot of stats, versus maybe a player who was, for a short period of time, one of the best, if not the best player in the game. And how do you weigh those two kind of ends of the, the same line so to speak you know Don Mattingly was the greatest player right. in baseball for like five years right. but it was just right. five years is he more deserving right. than somebody who was a pretty good player for 25 years I'm curious how you come you know, down on that Baines yeah, okay I, yeah. I would definitely when I think of Don Mattingly I I, I remember seeing Don Mattingly was playing in a minor league double-a baseball mm. and I followed his whole career and he and he was a great player and like you said for about five years as far as the stats wise and everything he stands out but then if we're going to go and say that, I would, I would say, what about Ryan Howard? Because for about four or five yeah. years, and, and you look at Ryan Howard uh, and compare him with Holtz and the guys that was in the National League, I didn't get to see the American League that year, but at the same time, too, Ryan Howard's stats stands out way out of, above most, most guys nowadays that win an MVP. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, he knocked in a, from 100 to 150 runs. I mean, that's, that's for four, what, four years, five years, something like that. Four for sure, I think. Yeah, he yeah. was, and, he was uh, incredible for the for that 05 exactly. to uh, 2011 stretch. He was just incredible. Right. So, you know, I, 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 I guess that's, that will always be an argument of how you look at it. I think it, that, that's baseball, and I think the fans and the media especially, they look at guys they think is special. I can uh, – uh, you probably got a lot more guys on the list that I like that that I saw play their whole career. And uh, when I see guys, the guys that go in, and I kind of compare them because because I love baseball, I compare them to, to to the guys that don't get in. And I and yeah, and I wonder about that. Yes, I mean I definitely have my thoughts about it, but that's my opinion. And of course, everybody, everyone else has an opinion, and the people. That has you know, like has the vote, you know, like they're the one that puts them in there. They are, Charlie. It is. It is always such a pleasure just to hear your voice and talk baseball with you. It, it on a dreary December day, there's not much more fun yeah. than hearing you yeah. talk baseball. And Charlie, right. as we said, is involved uh, in this collaborative project. Charlie knows best with Hog Island T-shirts. Five dollars from every purchase benefits R.I.P. Medical Debt, a national nonprofit to help strengthen communities by abolishing. Burdensome medical debt, every $100 donated relieves $10,000 in medical debt. These great T-shirts will be on sale this uh, coming Wednesday night at the Sports Holiday Gift Extravaganza at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap, 3 to Cap Street in Bridgeport from 630 to 830. And, um, hey, we're delighted to talk to you. Thanks so much. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna tell you something. We got some. We will have some more T-shirts coming, as far as you know. Like I think we got five or six out out right now, or something. But we definitely will have some more coming, and uh, I'm uh, I'm happy because it's doing uh, good. It's going it's going well, and uh, and any way that that I could uh, be a help to someone who uh, who needs it, and especially who's gone through a lot of medical. Uh, uh, difficulties, you know, like I'm willing to do that. And I want to, I want to give back to the game that, you know, like that I love so much and things like that. And, uh, it's all good. And good uh, man. before, yeah, before we leave, I'd, I'd like to say, I do think the Phillies are going to improve their team. I can say that. And I think it, uh, 
that we're going to improve our team. And uh, some of the things that we talk about, I think that management is the one that should be be able to uh, announce announce them or or, or make their uh, decision and and you know like and, and uh, actually get it out to the public, the media. Good and things that's, coming. That's how I feel about that. Yeah, should be uh, should be a. Yeah, we're looking forward yeah. to the winter meetings. Charlie, a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much, as always. Always hitting season when we're talking with Charlie. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, take take care. I, I just love hearing his voice. It's great. It's great. Really he, you know, there's a much longer discussion to be had. He he, What he was talking about hitting-wise with respect to the shift was almost more aesthetic. Like, Ryan Howard may get more hits if there weren't a shift because the the second baseman wasn't playing in short right field. But in Charlie's mind, he'd still be rolling over on an outside fastball, and that's not the proper way for him to be hitting. I love that. Uh, he's, he's the best. He's Nobody knows hitting better than him. Anyway, pleasure to talk to him, and uh, the, the effort that he's involved in is terrific, and we're excited that we'll have the opportunity to sell some of those this coming week. 215-592-9494. We will get you in the next segment. We'll... Uh, Oh, we got uh, what we're watching coming up. You yeah. and I watched the same uh, documentary series. We'll we see. did. We'll see if we agree on wh- how much we liked it or didn't. 215-592-9494. Hey, when you bring up banking, most business people, they roll their eyes. I get it. I can tell you, though, that Meridian Bank customers, they don't feel that way. Now, sure, Meridian business bankers, they do the loan thing, and they offer guidance on making your business more successful. I've used them. But Meridian also puts on great customer events, both educational and social, and they're a super group of people to be around. If you want to put some fun in your business banking, get started at meridianbanker.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, what we're watching, sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Receive 20% off all windows and doors with no money down. Up to three years to pay it off interest-free. Call Guided Door and Window today, one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. All right, go back to 1996, Pepsi versus Coke. Coke campaigns were basically, as they say in this show, selling to your grandfather with animated bears. Pepsi aiming for the new generation. They got Michael Jackson. They got Mike Tyson. They got Cindy Crawford. They're gaining ground in the Cola Wars. And then, Mike, they come up with a campaign called Pepsi Stuff, Mm -hmm. wherein drinkers redeem bottle caps and labels for swag and customer rewards program. Very popular today. And Pepsi launches it with an ad. Uh, By the way, I didn't say the name of the, excuse me, the four-part documentary on Netflix called Pepsi Where's My Jet. Yes, kind of a play on the the movie "Dude, Where's My Car," which is memorable only because oh, the title was so dumb. I never, I never made that connection. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's, that's what they were going probably for. Probably right. There you go. Um, so, uh, Pepsi, Where's My Jet on Netflix, four part documentary. Pepsi launches this campaign with an ad that, well, got them in some. Tr- you there, Glenn? Sounds like you lost Glenn. Oh, no. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So to pick up where Glenn left off, uh, Pepsi launches this campaign where people who drink Pepsi can accumulate Pepsi points and they can turn those points in for uh, apparel or, you know, anything they want with Pepsi on it. And uh, they launch a commercial during which at the end, in the last closing seconds of the commercial, they say that if you have... 7 million Pepsi points, you can turn them in and get a Harrier jet. So the mistake that Pepsi makes is that they don't put any disclaimer, any fine print on the end of this television commercial to say, hey, this is just a joke. Well, a young man, a college student named John Leonard in Seattle decides he's going to try to get 7 million Pepsi points and get this Harrier jet. And he enlists a friend of his, a guy named Tom Todd Hoffman, who's wealthy and an investor. And the two of them had become friends because they were both into uh, extreme sports and mountain climbing and things like that. And they basically challenge Pepsi to deliver them a Harrier jet if they get to 7 million Pepsi points. And the whole situation blows up to the point where... It involves the the involvement of an attorney that some of you may have heard of in the last six or seven years named Michael Avenatti, who <laughs> became involved with the Trump administration and, and Stormy Daniels and all kinds of crazy things. Um, but the series itself kind of tracks this situation and what comes of it. And 
you know, we're, we're hoping to get Glenn back on here in a second. Uh, yeah, working to, on it. <laughs> okay, to get to get his thoughts. My feeling was that this was supposed to be a kind of David and Goliath uh, series. You you are supposed to root for John Leonard to kind of take down Pepsi and show the the danger and the perils of false advertising and how a billion dollar company uh, can make a mistake and be taken down by kind of a, a gadfly, a, a college kid uh, who is holding that company accountable for what it says. But I saw this more as an underdog story without an underdog because to me, it's obvious that what Pepsi was saying was a joke. Uh, yes, they messed up and not providing the fine print and the disclaimer and all that, but what it led to really was kind of a nuisance lawsuit. And so you're watching this series and you're set up to try to root for John Leonard. But the fact is, I found it really hard to root for John Leonard because he just became somebody who uh, created a what became a, kind of a remarkable situation out of a nuisance lawsuit. And I didn't feel a whole lot of uh, sympathy for him. I didn't feel a whole lot of like, yeah, stick it to the man here. Like, you're going after a soda company. Okay. Um, so... Uh, I give it two stars out of four. I think mm. it kind of misses the mark. It's cool at the beginning. I was into the series in the beginning because of the nostalgia for 90s culture. As Glenn said, you see Cindy Crawford. You see Shaquille O'Neal when he's playing for the Orlando Magic. It takes you back to that time of the loud clothes and the way that TV commercials really could have an impact on culture and the way that they drew on pop culture to sell products and it's fun to think back to that time as someone who was in college at that time kind of the same age John Leonard is but in the end I came away from this saying that this was just a goof that that turned into something way beyond that and I didn't feel a whole lot of like rooting for John Leonard and his group of people to try to get Pepsi to give him a Harrier jet like dude you knew what they were trying to you knew what they were doing you knew this was a joke you know and and you took it to the nth degree and it's a guy like John Leonard who forces companies to put that fine print in there so that they can avoid stupid lawsuits like the one he filed. So that's what I was going to say. So this kind of it seems like it sort of set the precedent for every you know major company to just be like, well, let's double check that we put this clause in this and this clause in that. Wasn't there something similar going on with like McDonald's and, and like the hot coffee where some lady spilled coffee all over herself and she was uh, she was able to sue them because it didn't say caution hot or something like that yeah so, yeah, yeah. That, i mean that was kind of a like a, a apocryphal story i wonder what the details of that were actually like whether she actually did have grounds but yeah that was cited as of course the coffee's hot how can you sue for hot coffee you know for mcdonald's serving you hot coffee uh but you know the the the, the sh this show based on kind of john leonard's uh Head a tet with Pepsi. Uh, I think it was trying to become and show something that it that it ultimately kind of fails. I, I really can't recommend that you watch the show as nostalgic as I was about it. Uh, I saw it on. I think it was one of the top uh, one. You know, one of those top ten on Netflix things, and I was interested in in seeing what it was. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll check that out. I think uh, we're still working on getting Glenn back. I think he's probably. It's probably going to be something that we have to do. Uh, during the break. Okay. So if you want to toss it to break. Yeah, down, why don't we, we do that? Do we'll that. take a break. Hopefully Glenn will be able to uh, get his equipment reconfigured while he's at home. Again, I'm here in the studio. Uh, Glenn is at home in Haverford. Uh, so we'll go to a break. We'll come back 
And uh, we'll talk about C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We've got the Cooper Doc segment coming up. Uh, Ray Dinger coming up at noon. This is Mike Sealski. This will hopefully be Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Hey, I'm back, actually, and fall is upon us. So it's that time of year, again, to reconsider replacing your old drafting windows and doors before another cold winter season rolls in. And when I need a company to help me with these home projects, I turn to the experts, the great people at Guided Door and Window. Act now. Receive 20% off all windows and doors, plus Guided will allow you to start your project today with no money out of pocket and take up to three years to pay it off interest-free once the job is expertly installed. So you'll be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new highly energy-efficient windows and doors, including an increased comfort level of your home and lower monthly energy bills, all while taking advantage of 20% savings and have the luxury of paying it off interest-free, 0% interest for up to 36 months. But you got to act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one 877 or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D. All right, I'm back. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, Glenn. You uh, yeah. you vanished there for a minute. I'm glad you're back. Yeah. Um, what, what, I'm, I'm talking about this this show, this documentary, and all of a sudden, like, you weren't responding. I'm thinking, boy, you must have really hated it, and I realize I'm talking to myself. <laughs> anyway, my World... TV, my TV uh, where I have the, uh, the World Cup game on, just flashed that they're going through a, um, a house update, so... Wow. Everything went out, and there you go. But now we're back. Uh, real quick, I want to get to a couple of callers, but my bottom line on the show is I give it – how did you rank it? Two stars out of four. I give it three. I think okay. I liked it better than you. Okay. I, I know that you said you felt it kind of petered out at the end and a little too much Michael Avenatti for all yes. of our taste. Yes. But um, overall, I, it is whatever, two and a half hours I'm glad I invested. Okay. That's I fair. did not, and this was the question I was asking you when I disappeared, because you didn't answer, or you probably did, but I, I don't know if you heard the question. I that case got a lot of attention at the time, right? And Dan Rather's calling this guy, and he's on every show and talk show and Oprah News and so on. For life, me, I don't remember at all. Do you remember it? Not even a little bit. Not at all. Do I remember that? Now, maybe yeah. it was. You know, we're at the stages of our lives at that time where it just wasn't, wouldn't have registered. You know, I was in college, and and maybe I was paying attention to other things, but I had no memory of it at all. Fascinating case. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like I said, I just felt like it. It was. I didn't have as much sympathy and viewing of John Leonard as an underdog as I think yeah. that the series wanted you to 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 have. Yeah, I got it. All right. Uh, before we go to our doctor, let's fire up what happened uh, in the last Eagles game. Rodgers back, stepping up, lets it fly, and it is complete, but there's a penalty flag thrown. They had good pressure on Aaron Rodgers, but he put it right there, and there's an Eagle shaking up. Yeah, C.J. Gardner-Johnson appears to be in a lot of pain, and he's the guy that's down on the field oh, on about the 12-yard line. Gardner-Johnson puts the hit on, but then... He's the guy that ends up hurt. Well, that's Marilyn Mike, and indeed he was her. Dr. Mark Pollard joins us, our friend from Cooper Bone and Joint. Look forward to talking to them every Saturday at this time. So, Doc, um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson suffered a lacerated kidney, uh, which just sounds awful. The injury is not going to require surgery. He is expected to return this year. What surprised me is he didn't break a rib, and I didn't know that you could lacerate a kidney without being 
stabbed or whatever, you know, hit by your own rib. How does how does a lacerated kidney occur? Um, well, you know, you're right. The kidney is pretty well protected, um, you know, in the, the middle of your back. Um, it's kind of where it is anatomically. It's pretty much halfway sheltered by the lower edge of the rib cage, but half of it is not. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of held in place by some of the connective tissue. But if you're hit with uh, enough force in the right place, you know, the kidney can be pulled, you know, against some of its tethering tissue, or it can physically get pushed up against the rib or something like that. And that can cause, you know, a a tear in the tissue, bruise, or, you know, some other type of injury like that, which uh, presumably is what happened uh, in this case. So, doctor, when we discuss common sports injuries, often we frame them in terms of, okay, what does the athlete have to do to rehabilitate the injury? Uh, How long is the treatment? Uh, Is he working out each day in rehab and things like that? What does someone do with a lacerated kidney? Is there anything that C.J. Gardner-Johnson can do to facilitate his recovery? Um, Really, it's just letting it heal. There's nothing, you know, specifically to do for it other than not injuring it, you know, any further again. Um, You know, it's just like any other, you know, lacerated tissue. You know, the the ends have to be close enough together that they can mend it it to themselves without, you know, disrupting that process. You know, that's how how you're going to get through this most most quickly. When he comes back eventually... um... Do you, is it wise to protect it after that? Do you expect he'll wear a flak jacket or any additional padding, or it's just once it's healed, it's healed? Yeah, I mean, I would assume that they would try to take extra precautions. Obviously, by the very nature of the game, you can't 100% protect it. But, um, you know, it's difficult to ascertain, you know, when there's no risk, when there's, you know, a, a lot of risk. So hopefully, you know, they would get you know, follow up exams and scans and try to track the progress of it and wait till it's safe and take whatever measures they can. Now, All do- right. yeah, go ahead. Go, I was just going to ask, doctor, without getting too graphic, what is CJ dealing with right now in terms of this injury? What is it causing him? Um, well, the big thing is pain, obviously, and I think we saw that on TV the other day. Um, it can be a very painful injury. Obviously, it's, you know, it's a trauma. This is the kind of thing you see in you know, car accidents and motorcycle accidents. Um, so pain first, and then you know, the kidney is part of your urinary sy- system. And so one symptom that people often get is actually urinating blood. And so uh, in the early going, you might have dealt a little bit with that. So pain and peeing lead. Well, the <laughs> two things best avoided. I'm so glad I asked that question. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Dr. Mark. Well, listen, we, we asked you answer, Dr. Mark Pollard. We always appreciate your expertise. Have a great weekend, man. All right, thanks. Appreciate you. All right, thank you very much. Yes, I, I think um, when Zach Ertz injured himself, had a similar injury a couple of years ago, it was during the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think – Ertz said he discovered the injury when, after the game, he, he peed and it yes. came out red. So yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, that, that, that's got to be a scary thing. Yeah, not good. All right, let's get some callers in here. Mike from El- Elmira, New York. That's my old neck of the woods. Hey, there. Get out of town. Yeah. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I was at that Buffalo Eagles game in 1990. Wow. And oh uh, I had seats at the five-yard line. And uh, when, when Cunningham goes back to pass, Everybody in that stadium could see that Bruce Smith had a clear shot and was about to decapitate him. And you can hear it on Van Miller's call when he says that, you yes. know, they got him. 
Yes. Well, then he, he turns around and obviously throws the pass to, to Barnett and uh, goes for a touchdown. Meanwhile, I'm the only person in the stands standing and pointing, yelling, go, 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 go. <laughs> and uh, then about a 1,000 Bills fans start pointing at me and calling me an a-hole. Oh. With oh. those. <laughs> did, 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 they, did they pelt you with chicken wings or anything like no, that? No, he did not. Okay. But I sat down rather quickly. Uh, that's great. You know what? You saw one of the all-time highlights. Oh, it was great. It was all right. You know, Good stuff. For them losing the game, but uh, yes, it well, was a great play. That too. All right, Mike. Thanks a ton. Thanks. Appreciate it. There you go. That's uh, a brave soul right there because Buffalo fans are passionate. Yeah, but they're they're but they're generally congenial. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they won't they won't break a table over you. All right. Well, that's good. They'll do the, just do that themselves. <laughs> uh, our friend Mitchie from Center City. How are you doing, bud? Got a really good, right? Mitch. Yeah, Mitch is making a, a sale in the hardware store. Mitch, yeah. are you with us? Uh, we'll put I Mitch think he's on yeah, ringing the cash register there. Yeah, so Mitch owns a hardware store mm-hmm. down uh, in South, South Philadelphia, Philly. so he gets involved. So um, I may want to play one other thing. Uh, Kyle, I think we have the sound um, of uh, John Clark with Malcolm Jenkins. We got that? Okay. So Malcolm Jenkins, our old uh, mm-hmm. friend, great Eagle safety, was on with John Clark this week on John's Takeoff podcast, which is an excellent podcast. Yes. And... This was before the C.J. Johnson injury, but John kind of asks him, and I don't know if John's got uh, just kind of tongue-in-cheek, but let's play this. I think, you know, it's obviously something I would entertain, but uh, a lot of that is out of my control. So um, it's not that simple, um, not because I'm not a free agent or anything like that. But, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, obviously exciting times in Philly. Uh, and like you said, I'm in shape. I'm not against it, but some things had to fall in line for something like that to happen, and those things hadn't gotten in motion <laughs> at all. Okay, what John asked him is, would you be ready to come back to the Eagles if they made the call? Uh, because they have other injuries at, at safety, mm-hmm. and now and now even more so. Um, what's your take on this? My take in, is that the Eagles, I love Malcolm Jenkins. He was one of my favorite guys to cover when he was with the team. Boy, they'd have to go through some other options before calling Malcolm, I would say. Uh, wouldn't you? I mean, he's just been he's yeah. been away from it for a while, and that position requires sharpness and speed. And yes. you know, he has all the intelligence to do it. But man, I would wonder about everything else. Right, and he is he is not a free agent. He's his right. rights are still owned by New Orleans, so you'd have to make a deal with them. Um, yeah, I think not. Uh, I think Malcolm was just kind of yeah, he's playing fun, around, entertaining yeah. it a little bit. I heard um, Elliot Short Park said something I actually agreed with uh, the other day. Whoa, is, mark the moment. I, <laughs> it's not always the case. I'm kidding. Which is the Eagles have so much leadership in the room currently and a very good leadership structure mm-hmm. that if you bring in a strong personality like Malcolm, who was a leader of the team a few years ago, it may – he didn't say the word friction, and I don't think he meant friction, but there's a different dynamic than if you're just bringing in a guy who, you know, like, okay, we're adding this free agent. Um you're adding a strong personality, and you have to be careful about the chemistry of the team. I hadn't thought about that, but it's not a bad point. Well, I, I yes, in theory. Oh, good. You're going to disagree with Well, that. in practice, I don't think Malcolm is the kind of guy who, if you brought him in out of the cold, so to speak, he would be disruptive in that regard. I, not I think, disruptive. I don't think he meant uh, more like... I don't know. Just It's a different leader, and if you bring in another leader, does it just create the potential of i don't want to use i'm trying to think of the word i want to use confusion more than disruption yeah i'm not sure about that i mean i think 
you know, go back to the 2017 team, right? There was there was a ton of leadership in that room. Uh, several of the guys who were leaders on this team, guys like Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham and Lane Johnson, were leaders on that team. And you had Malcolm and you had Torrey Smith and Chris Long. And, uh, you know, the conflict there in that situation, such as it was, came from the fact that the guy who was the quarterback for most of that season really wasn't the leader of the team and, and turned out to be uh, kind of the divisive force in the room and Carson Wentz. You wouldn't have that situation here with Jalen Hurts, uh, and I don't think that bringing in Malcolm specifically would would lead to that kind of uh, confusion and dissonance okay. and all that stuff. All right, I think Mitch may be ready. Mitch, you with us now? Sorry, guys. It's all right. Big sale right there at the hardware yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, in the rain. Yeah, you got to straighten out my wreaths out there and everything. Got uh, Glenn, I hope you feel better. Um, Thank you, boy. This this offensive line, th- this is just you know. Unbelievable, Johnson and Kelsey—they're they're opening these holes and blocking. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. I mean, Lane being back is such a big difference. My God, it's an amazing thing. Kelsey at thirty-four, having as great a year as he having. Johnson, yeah. I saw I, there was a stat I saw yesterday. He has not given up a sack in eight hundred something straight pass attempts. Wow. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It, you know what's funny, Mitch, is I was in the yeah. locker room uh, on Wednesday, and a couple of us were talking to Jordan Mailata. Yeah. And Mailata was talking about uh, somebody asked Jordan about the fact that he had been clocked uh, his speed during the game on one play, and it was something like seventeen point one miles per hour. And he was asking about uh, he was being asked about athleticism compared to the other members of the line. And and Mailata said, you know, Lane is faster than I am. Kelsey at times can be faster than I am. It, the line is just it is. I think it's the best in the NFL. Those guys uh, it, it are all is. It is. so smart, so athletic. Uh, the Eagles are, are fortunate that they have this. I think it's the it's the primary yeah. reason they're ten and one. And you know what? I, I have to make my call. You know, I call last week. I, I like them again Sunday. It's going to be a tough game, but you know yeah. we're going to do it again. I mean, well, we they're favorites. Have... I you know, and I'm I'm not ready to make my pick. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to go sixteen and one. I think this is a challenging game, but we we shall see, and it will this be fun. This quarterback is unbelievable. He is unbelievable. It, he's he is great. I you know, I think a lot of people liked him. I can't imagine anybody thought he was going to be as good as he is this fast. It's something to see. Let's sneak in one more call before the break. We got Ray Dinger coming up on the other side. Bobby in Garnet Valley's hanging in there. You want to talk about Jalen Hurts? Hey, Glenn. Good morning. Thank you morning. so much for taking my call. Oh yeah. I, I just want to talk just, just briefly on another fellow's call. I, I went to that same Buffalo game, and I, I, I would go travel one game a year, you know, with, with the Eagles. And uh, that was the scariest time I think I was ever at a, a, a away football game. And it wasn't the men. It was the women. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I swear to God. And I'm not a little guy by any means. But I, uh, we, walked, yeah. we walked in, and I had my Randall Cunningham jersey on. And the guys were asking us to come over to their, you know, what they were tailgating, asked us to, you know, have food and drinks. And I said, wow, Billy, this is unbelievable. I can't, I can't believe it. Well, that sure ended real quickly because these women behind us, they use language that truck drivers don't even think. I, I just want to say to you, Bobby and Mike, I dated those girls. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably everybody I went to high school. Well, they were—I tell you—they were—they they were sure passionate, and no, oh, yeah. there was no fights, no fights at all like that. But just, nah. just—and in fact, on my way out, a gentleman—he uh, wanted to buy my jersey for his daughter, so oh, I sold God. him my jersey. 
But I'm hey, give us your right. Jalen Hurts because we got to hit a break. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you do you think if he was a few inches taller, because McNabb he got too bulked towards the end, he couldn't even throw a pass. He was so so much upper body strength and bulk. If 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 Hurts had like two more inches, would that affect him? His running or something like that, and they lay off that, or would it be beneficial to him? I, Good question. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, um, you know, you just add two inches to Jalen Hurts. I mean, maybe he can see over the line of scrimmage better, obviously. Maybe he's, uh, his arm's a little bit stronger. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think he's, the, the way he's wired and the way he's built right now is, it all seems to be working okay. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything now. But his long passes, he's not really always catching the guy in stride. He's got to turn back a little. You know, that split second causes a major, you know, major factor. Where Randall is so fluent with that ball, how, how far he could pass it. Yeah, but, but Randall didn't always hit guys in stride either. I think, you know, time can. Thanks, Bob. You know, time can. can change how we look at somebody uh you know randall was not the most accurate passer in the world so hertz is six one or he's listed at six one i think that's pretty accurate have him stood yeah. next to him i think that's about right um if he was taller i mean if it took away from his his flexibility his you know ability to run his speed anything else you wouldn't want it but one thing that happens is he does get balls batted back mm-hmm. he is he is not tall in the pocket because he's not tall so yeah, if he was six three, six four, and the same guy, it would be that much better. But yeah, and, and I'll, often I'll what we got. Yeah, and and often balls getting batted down uh, is a function as much of the quarterback and the lanes that he has to throw and that he doesn't see to throw. You know, Drew Brees, for instance, didn't get a lot of balls oh, was, batted down. No, he was great at it. He and he was a, he was a short guy. Yep. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four coming up. Our pal Ray Dinger. We're going to talk with Ray, Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now on ninety four WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.